0: happy friday and thanks for spending the week with us here at the apollo 13 minute a show where each and every day monday through friday we go over one minute of probably the greatest space history movie ever made the 1995 ron howard directed feature apollo 13 i'm one of your hosts jim O'Kane of tvdads.com
1: and i'm honored to be your other guest <laughs> or, oh geez your other host other, yeah i know try that again <laughs> all right <laughs> no. three two one and oh. I'm honored to be your other host. I'm Chris Henry from the EAA Aviation Museum. I swear, that was our first take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Episode 100, we're still working
0: on the intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm leaving all this in, by the way. Let's <laughs> no, do it. Do it. That's
1: fantastic.
0: <laughs> wow, well, we're, we're here. It's obviously, we're doing a lot of mid-course corrections of our own. <laughs> so. yeah. That's like uh, the that's
1: only like the second one ever I've ever botched. Yeah, It's fine. You <laughs> so. you
0: you are you're the, you're the go-to guy on getting it right on the first take. One, oh, one, well, I appreciate one take, it. Henry. They call him. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Wow. <laughs> this is well, episode 100. I feel like I should be wearing a tux or something.
0: 100. Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah, they, there should be like streamers coming out of the out of the ceiling or something. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we made it. We made it into the triple digits and uh that means we've got less than gosh we're about a little bit more than a half an hour left in this show so we got wow. the, the next bunch of minutes are going to be super cool i i i promise so it'll it'll be fun oh yeah um but we're here uh, we're still doing uh, this intended mid-course correction and it only has kind of a peripheral uh you know uh maybe a collateral uh, rea- uh reaction to reality this is it's it's not quite how it happened, and uh, you know and, and we were talking about this before we were getting on the show that they have to kind of compress things just so that the audience can understand what's going on um yeah. one of the one of the big things is is that uh, you know there weren't a bunch of guys standing around in Houston waiting for Jim Lovell to think up how they were going <laughs> to fix this problem. It tells well though I mean it's a good you know it's a good story and it it's told in a uh it's told in a pilot's eye view kind of a thing. this is how this is how jim lovell may have seen it I, I i know he did he didn't see it this way but this is how this is how a pilot would tell the story there i was you know and uh it's it's uh, i have a i have a friend who wanted to build a uh, he wanted to build one of those $100 hamburger uh places that you have at airports and uh, he wanted to call. He wanted to name the name the diner. There I was, and just have two <laughs> have two hands following each other over the oh, <laughs> over the top of the diner. You would have um,
1: people very very excited to go to that restaurant. Yeah, that would be a hit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, we're watching. Uh, they're they're discussing how uh, how to do this thing without a computer. They they've decided there's there's too much there's going to be too much power being used by the ping system to uh, plot. Uh, you know they have to fire up the gyros and point everything and and uh, and they have to also have to look at stars and of course while they're flying as they're going around you know their their uh service module is still leaking stuff that's turning into snowflakes that's surrounding the ship so they're in a cloud of dust that's that's going is traveling right along with them and uh everything's shaking too it's kind of hard to to aim uh, you know you're looking through a telescope the uh, uh the optical telescope that they have in the lem they really can't see too well, so um you know that that's a problem, and what they have to figure out is where they can align uh, the ship so they can get to you know they they can they can aim the descent engine of the lunar module right so they can push themselves back into alignment with their their proper reentry so uh it, the the guys on the ground this is actually. Um, I mean, this this all sounds very dramatic, but there's actually a contingency page within their operating manuals. What to do if you don't have a computer? Here's how to do it with manual stuff. And uh, most of the they had a bunch of tables, and they had a uh, you know they have a map of the sky, and they showed where the different uh, uh, constellations are in the sky. And you could point you know if you point your if you point your ship so that the uh, telescope is pointing at a particular star, then you know that uh, your, descent, your, your engine is pointing in the correct direction. So really all they had to do, Vance Brand, who at the time was the Capcom, uh, Vance Brand read up what they were going to do. And what, what they were planning on doing, since there was such a cloud, is uh, they would aim the uh, – there's two telescopes that they use. There's one is called the um, Apollo Optical Telescope, the AOT, uh and the other one is the uh what, what's called the Coaz or the Crewman Optical Alignment site. That's over the commander's the the commander's window. And uh they look through it and they can they can read out it has little reticles in it that you can point and say, uh this is you know, this is pointing at a certain object, and here's how many degrees it is off the front, and here's how many degrees it is off the top. So they can um <laughs> if you if if you aim it the right way, it has certain detents, you can say now. This particular object is aligned. Um, the important thing that they were doing on this—it it really didn't matter how much roll there was in the ship. That's that would be figured out from the Earth, where, where they were, if they were pointing correctly at the Earth. Uh, the important thing was keeping the sun in uh, in a particular position, so that the the pitch of the ship, the the way that the uh, the way that the engine was pointed. The pitch was in about five degrees of where it was supposed to be so it really it it wasn't as fine tuning a thing that, that was required but they just had to get it within about five degrees of being in the in the right spot and uh with something big like the sun or the uh the terminator of the earth by using those two objects uh you kept the roll and the oh, i'm sorry the yaw and the pitch correct the roll didn't matter but the yaw and the pitch of the uh, of the engine pitch being the most important, uh, keeping that, keeping that pitch aligned, then it would work. So, uh, and they already, they already kind of had this roughly mapped out in the, uh, in the instruction guide that was with them. So all brand had to do is just kind of walk them through how to, um, uh, how to do that. This was, a uh, specifically if, if you, if you want to go and look this up on the, uh, on the Apollo flight journals and the original equipment, it's the uh, contingency checklist, page 24. And uh, you, can, you can read through all of that, and you'll get, uh, uh, actually, let me read you exactly what Burn, uh, I'm sorry, what Brand, Vance Brand read up to them. Uh, he said, when you're in the Burn attitude, you should see the sun at the very top of the AOT. It'll be splitting the cursor when your cursor is set at zero. That means it was pointing straight ahead. Uh, one thing to be aware of, it'll slip uh, right out of the AOT very easily since it's very sensitive to the roll and the yaw understand that uh, that's detent too. There, there's, there are certain detents that you could, it's kind of like uh, the stick shift on your car. You, you you put it in certain detents, and that's that's the position where it'll stay so that you know you're, you're locked into the right position. So he said that uh, the next point is that the burn is very insensitive to burn time and attitude. In other words, if necessary, we can slip if there's any problem at all, and the attitude isn't too critical. So that brings us to the point that we only have one real burn rule. That is, if the rate of about any axis gets to 10 degrees per second, then that's the limit to stop the burn. The next point, after you finish the burn and before you trim, uh, you have to leave the, uh, the Ag's computer in address uh, 470 up so we can take a look at it. That's to send the data down so they can find out and make sure that the, the burn was quite cr- right, right. And then we'll and let, let us holler when we've seen it and then we can proceed on. So uh, that's uh the, their prime the primary use with uh that that's the uh the uh, the aot the optical telescope that's between the commander and the lunar module pilot that's the aot that's the one that um that they'd be looking through to aim at the at the sun is uh, that the thing
1: that's kind of in like the yellow cage yeah, yeah yeah
0: okay. the big yeah that's the big aot but the uh the coas the coas that's the one that it looks like a like a little periscope that sticks down on the left hand side of the lunar module on the, the commander side, the driver's seat. Right. Okay. Okay. And so, so the two of them are going to be looking through, and, and one's going to be looking at the sun, and uh, and Lovell will be looking through, uh, the uh, the, the to make sure that it's pointed at the uh, the the limb of the Earth, the, the little terminator of the of the Earth and so between the between the two guys aiming the limb that will get them there so mostly they're telling them uh don't worry because you just have to, and this is they just have to keep the rates at you know less than 10 degrees per second and uh if it gets higher than that then they just shut down so and the way that they the way that they trim this is they use the rcs thrusters that's that little the little joystick in front of them is connected to the rcs the those little quads of uh of engines that are surrounding uh the ship and they'll they'll keep it as as it's firing they they don't they don't gimbal the engine the engine just goes straight ahead but they they gimbal the the whole ship using the rcs thrusters so that that acts as a as a trim and uh you know it's a fascinating it's a fascinating solution to uh to resolving this issue of getting the mid the mid course correction done. But they had to do it in a they 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 were kind of limited on on when they could do this. They had to do it at a they did it at a hundred and oh gosh, uh one a uh, hundred and four hours and thirty minutes uh ground elapsed time. So uh they did this they and they sent up those instructions about an hour before this is like, 103, four, like 45 minutes beforehand. So, uh, they had 45 minutes to get all this figured out and done. And, you you know, and, and remember that the people coming up with this stuff, a lot of them were the Grumman engineers. So, uh, you know, these, these are the the Grumman guys that have gotten such a bad rap in this movie. (laughs) They're the ones that came up with, with how to do this so that the, uh, uh, you know, the astronauts could get back home. And, uh it It's kind of turned around here like they're they're all befuddled, and Jim Lovell comes up with the answer of here's what we can do and here's what we'll do but you know it's again it's it's drama for the for the people <laughs> watching the movie um still so it's very exciting i mean i do I do like it and it's uh
1: yeah it, it's a, it's another great looking scene, and you're right it has it definitely has an aviator feel to it um but you know, it kind of—it's a little bit of the whole Jaeger. You know, we're just gonna wang it down and it'll be fine. And yeah, yeah, it's So like, it, yeah, you yeah, know, it didn't quite. Yeah, like it's that not that, the
0: it's, yeah, it's not the Lindbergh thing. It's you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, and there's there's other things. It's like this was happening on Glenn Lunny's shift. It wasn't happening on Gene Krantz's shift, but j- shift. But it's. Um, you know, again, to under for the audience to understand, and Gene Krenz was there for you know just about all of this stuff. Um, but there's different people that did, there's a lot of different people. There's, I, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, Glenn Lunning ran, you know, he ran a lot of this during the different shifts, and and there's people like you know Milt, Milt Wendler and, and and folks like that who did the thinking on this thing. So it's 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 like it, it the way it comes across to me in this movie. And it, I know, I know, it's just it's a bit of an you know t- to me I, I'm I'm overthinking the whole thing, but <laughs> it, it's like these guys in Mission Control. There weren't a couple of smart guys and a bunch of really dumb guys. They were all smart <laughs> guys. They all yeah. knew this stuff, and they all they all had possible solutions that they offered. Um, you know, these guys. When you talk to flight controllers, they're really brilliant engineers. I mean, they're all you to get there there are a lot of there are a lot of people who couldn't cut that kind of stuff and people like Kran Kranz and uh and, you know especially Chris Kraft he picked the best of the best he knew the guys that could solve problems and who had worked in this you know who who had worked this kind of stuff out and were the real you know the brain boxes uh, of the thing so i just i i love this movie very much i really do but i just feel like it turns it into well there's just you know uh, Tom, Tom Hanks and uh and Ed Harris were the guys that had solved everything Yeah, and it's just
1: eh. yeah yeah and i and i i think some of it is just because if if they had everybody depicted it would just i think you'd get lost i mean yeah. I, I know there are movies out there where they attempted to go a little further into the cast of you know, not just a space you know, themed movie, but you know, it's a lot of times like wartime themed movies. Yeah. And they'll have this giant cast, and you start to lose the flick of who's who. You oh, know, yeah. Yeah. And
0: yeah. Yeah. If you watch The Longest Day and it's, you know, it, it, there's a lot of accurate things in it, but there's like, so, wait, what happened now? And how? What? <laughs> who, who's that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. We're back with why is he important? It's he's got to be important. He's Richard Burton. You know, it, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I don't. I and and I I can't I can't express this correctly. It, it's just I I do love the movie. I just wish it had a different tack, But again, like you know, like we've been talking about, the peop, the people watching this movie are eating popcorn and they really don't want to have a documentary. They're watching they're yeah. watching something for drama, and it's understandable. It's completely understandable. <laughs> uh, I
1: always love the uh, story. Um, gosh, I think it was Milt Windler that told me um, that. They had a special viewing, I think, in Houston um, before it came out for just, you know, the uh, the Apollo veterans, you know, and the folks who worked the Apollo 13 mission. And he said uh, the lights come up and Gene Kranz had basically sunk really far down in his seat because he was really, <laughs> uh, he felt kind of awkward being depicted as this, you know, hero all by himself, you know. And yeah. he said, uh, I'll never forget because Ken Mattingly was sitting next to him. And he just kind of elbowed him, and he's like, "Don't worry, Gene. It was a it's a great movie." <laughs> you know? and, uh, so I, I, when we have Gene on, we got to ask him about that.
0: The oh thing. yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I have a, a good friend who who was a NASA engineer and, and worked around this time, and I had asked him about. He he doesn't want to come on the show, but uh, I had asked him about about how he felt about it, and he said, "You'd think Mission Control built the rockets," and. I, <laughs> <Yeah. it> was, <laughs> He, uh, yeah, he, he said, you know, the real story is engineering. I said, yeah, I I understand that. But they haven't made, you know, the engineering story. It You know, it's it's, it's <laughs> about mission control. I under, you know, and it's. <laughs> but um, I think
1: that's the beauty of From the Earth to the Moon, the LEM episode, is it's all about the engineers.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, I can't emphasize enough that if you you know what it's it, it's like reading the hobbit and then reading the lord of the rings and i think that the From yeah. earth to the moon is the lord of the rings version of it it's like you get so much more to it um I mean, if it's it, funny
1: you mention that because there's another tom hanks production i feel the same way on and that's saving private ryan and band of brothers you you watch saving private ryan that's, that's very loosely based on a real mission uh it, it's 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 a pretty much a work of fiction but there is some truth uh, in that type of mission that that happened um, and then it's still a very good movie it, and it really draws you in but once you're drawn in then it's like okay now take the time, go watch Band of Brothers and it's it's perhaps one of the best ones ever done and I feel it's the same thing with Apollo 13 you watch Apollo 13, really well done, great movie uh, you're interested in this, now go watch From the Earth to the Moon and, and get sort of the whole story if you will
0: yeah, it's like I mean, it's like watching the um, you know the last couple of minutes of reading Rainbow. If you like this book, you can you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'll be our yeah. last
1: episode, Jim. We'll just sit here name off other movies. Yeah, not to go watch.
0: <laughs> and there, are, I mean, I, I think that that might be a good idea. We can, yeah, yeah. If <laughs> I'm, you like I'm writing I'm, I'm writing it down. Yes, we're gonna have a, a bibliography of other things you should be watching, which may be sequels to this show. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh um, but yeah, it's it's um. Anyway, I think this was this was our gripe minute, but it's, and I don't want to be, let people think that we're finishing up the week on a gripe. This is a great minute. Yeah, um, yeah. But what I can what I can strongly recommend if if you're if you're out there, and I I think I might even put a link out on our on our Facebook page. Uh, but if you really enjoy this, go read about the real thing, the real Apollo thirteen as it happened at um, uh, at the NASA's History Office Apollo uh, Flight Journal. Um, day five of this com- covers every moment of the manual course correction. Shows you how. Uh, how it goes. So I'd say go look at, uh, go look at the day five section, Apollo flight journal. And you'll, you'll see that on our, I, I'm going to put this out tonight. I'll go out and put this on our Facebook page. <laughs> um, but reading, reading all this stuff and you realize how much, how many people worked on getting this just right. And then, I, I mean, the the most amazing part of it is, is feeding all this information between the two astronauts, you know, the Capcom Vance brand and, uh, Fred Hayes, who was taking down all the notes and saying, let me make sure I got this right. You know, they <laughs> had to compress all this information into one little conversation uh, and then get it all done in 45 minutes. And that, that's amazing. So, uh, anyway, if you go to, please go to our, uh, I mean, we always talk about this at the end of our shows, but please go to our Facebook page, uh, Apollo 13 Minute Mission Control, and I'll have a, I'll have a link to the, Apollo history, uh, the NASA History Office discussion of Apollo 13. Great uh, resource. Um, well, I think that we beat this one to death, Chris. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what we do. Uh, that's what we do. Yeah, squeeze, squeeze every last little drop out of it until people. Go, I'm never going to watch this movie. No, you really, go, and then just go watch the movie and enjoy it. Don't, don't listen to what we say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, if you would like to talk some more about it or tell us how how we're, how awful we're doing of crushing this movie, uh, jo- join us on, like I said, on our, on our Facebook page, at, uh, Apollo 13 Mission Control on on Facebook, or you can reach to us on. Uh, what's the name of it? Twitter, Apollo 13 Minute on Twitter. And uh, if you've missed any of our previous 99 episodes, wow. That, that's it wild. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's just crazy. Our previous 99 episodes are out there on all the typical podcatcher things like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play, or on our big site, Apollo13minute.com, Apollo13minute.com. And go just go listen to that and... Uh, If you subscribe on any of those podcatchers, you get it delivered hot and fresh every Monday through Friday and uh, starting Monday. If you subscribe today, you'll get a whole new batch as we start a whole new week next week. It looks like we're coming up on Lost the Signal in about 30 seconds. So let's catch you here next week on the Apollo 13 Minute.